Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. We continue to hear that our odd Wisconsin spring weather kept crop producers on their toes. And cranberry producers are not excluded from that group. Stephen Bartling of Bartling's Manitowish Cranberry Company shared their spring experiences and how that affects the direction of their production for the rest of the year. Cranberries in Wisconsin, you know, we're a perennial, perennial crop, so they're there out uh, doing what they do best, uh, hybriding all winter. And as spring comes, the snow starts to melt. They're, you know, just encased in a ice and snow, snowpack from the winter protecting them. And that slowly starts to melt as uh, spring slowly shows up. Uh, that's kind of this year was a little bit earlier than normal because we had such a big warm up in early April. So that's, I would say, pushed us ahead compared to most years um, by about a month almost. And then things kind of just sat here with the more seasonal weather and nothing really happened. But we went from <clears throat> potentially a, a quite early spring to right where we are today as we're back to an average or slightly behind average springs. So the beginning of May um, was actually colder than normal for us in the Cranberry region. So that was a lot of frost protecting because they did have, they did start growing. So we had to really start um, protecting them to some extent, and they can take some cold. But the the cold that happened the first part of May here was um, unseasonably cold for us, and then we had to do some extra protection with uh, flooding, over irrigating because of how things went. And farming, we work with the weather, what we get. So you mentioned a little bit how you have to do some protection with these late frosts. What exactly did you have to do, and did you end up seeing any damage from any of the frosts after you took your protection practices? Yeah, so for the most part, uh, frost protection in the cranberry industry is a status quo thing. So we're always protecting. You know, it's not uncommon up in the northern of Wisconsin where I am to have uh, some frost nights even into July and August Um kind of one-off events. So our systems are really built to handle frost. Um, it's just a, it's a way of our life. We have two styles of frost protection that we can do, and they're kind of slightly different towards what stage of the growing season we're in. So the earlier, like the spring, um, frost protection, we can do one of two things. We can flood where we just put them underwater, like a harvest flood, because um, that just, you know, they'll put them on, under whatever the water temperature is, be it 38 or 45 degrees. So that's kind of a cooler water. The vines are still kind of dormant. So they can take a, an underwater period for five to seven days uh, pretty pretty well in the spring here. Uh, but once they start growing, which is kind of the middle of May on, uh, they're just a little bit too lush of growth to really take a, a long-duration flood like that. So we go back to our overhead sprinkler irrigation system, which we take uh, and just turn that on. And there's different thresholds that the plant can take. You know, once it's breaking dormancy, it can still take down into the low 20 degrees. And now we're up to the point where uh, basically anything under 30 degrees is a concern. And pretty pretty quickly here, we're going to be anything under around that 32 degrees uh, will be a concern. And we'll have to use that warm water to really create a microclimate, warm things back up. So we don't have any real issue with uh, loss of crop from anything that we have unless there's a malfunction in the system. So that's kind of where our busy spring works is making sure that system's up and going well. And, and then it just comes down to, um, you know, what, what, what Mother Nature brings us. Are we going to have a lot of frost nights or dealing with this or if we're going to have you know nice nice warm evening so hopefully that switches over to where we don't have to be out 
running work working all day and then babysitting irrigation all night so that's makes for some long days as we keep going here into late spring and into the early summer what are the next steps that you take in the cranberry growing process and uh and hoping everything uh proceeds without any more frost yeah well i mean there's 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 notoriously going to be some frost so really where we are now is we're just breaking bud um kind of throughout the state you know i'm in the northern region so we're behind um the central wisconsin uh all the way down to toma region by a couple weeks max you know they're they're kind of the state average and we just trend behind that due to climate so we're breaking bud here the the plants will continue to to evolve out um the any new new beds or renovation beds is kind of the busy spring work that the farms farmers have now is you know getting those few acres that they they redo every year or or uh, the handful of new acres um, getting that planted and so that kind of takes up our spring um and the bees uh, for pollination will come about mid-June, kind of throughout the state. We're, we're kind of like the third week of June. Central Wisconsin is kind of that uh, second week of June. So that's kind of the next big thing is getting ready for pollination and uh, nutrient management, pest management, stuff like that. You know, the, the scouts, um, IPM scouts are out doing their diligence and they're really checking for bugs and pressures for that um, around the state. So that, that kind of ramps up as we start to really come into spring here with the insect growth. So I would say one of the more interesting practices that's probably the unknown part is, you know, water is so important to cranberries and we use that in many different ways. And um, just, you know, just as we use our flood frost flooding protection for frost in the spring, we can uh, easily flood everything um, again if we've got a big bug pressure because all of our Lepidopera and small inchworm style bugs, uh, they can't survive in water. So we use that as actually a pesticide or a pest management practice instead of a a synthetic pesticide um, so to mitigate some of those uses of, of chemicals and applications and stuff like that we can just put a quick flood on for a couple of days if we got uh, heavy heavy bug pressure uh, to mitigate that just the, the cultural way that the cranberries grow low and water being a, a great resource for us to help do other things in that so that's kind of one of our neat tools i'd say is kind of underknown in our industry that was it's heavily used so it's, it's a good uh, good practice how do you manage, I guess, your irrigation practices? Because obviously cranberries are a little bit different than corn or alfalfa um, that, you know, if it gets dry, what do you do? Um, and how do you manage that? Yep. So our irrigation system is, is built very uniform. You know, we've got uh, pretty much high, 100% coverage and high uniformity and everything for that frost protection that we do. Um, so that's also doubles as their irrigation system. And, you know, cranberries run a little bit in the, the lower um in the water table side they're not wet you know they cannot be underwater they are not an aquatic plant but um, we can manage the water table instead of just an overhead irrigation system where a lot of you know row crop farmers other farmers can't manage their water table as much and they're trying to manage it to get it dry where we can actually add water back through our drain tile or our, our ditch and canal systems to hold the water table up um instead of putting that overhead irrigation on because that overhead irrigation can sometimes have, you know, increase your other pressures of uh, disease and rot issues because um, you really just want the, the moisture in the soil, not necessarily on the plants or the berries. So we can do that. And we have, uh, you know, most farmers now, I'd say the majority of, I don't, I don't know anybody that kind of doesn't have some kind of automated, maybe not automated, but um, monitoring system, technology monitoring system with sensors across the property that can really monitor where our soil tension is. Um, to give us some better tools to manage it. And, you know, if we if it gets dry, we'll have to do some overhead irrigation or we'll hold our water table up. So we've got a lot of different ways we can really manage um, kind of what 
Mother Nature has over some other other styles of agriculture, just with the way our systems are built, um, kind of on top of each other. So that's kind of neat. Wisconsin's got a great cranberry industry. Um, I think we're one of the best, not only in our, our production, but our growing practices, our innovation, and our group of cultural farmers. You know, we're really um, looking at the best way to be modern agriculture, and uh, I would say that we are an example to all of industries to come and follow for what we do. Um, it's a really neat and fun culture to be a part of, and we grow a nice, healthy berry, and hopefully everybody gets to enjoy that. Stephen Bartling of Bartling's Manitowish Cranberry Company with a late spring update on what cranberry producers have going on in Wisconsin right now. He also mentions that cranberry producers across the state love to share what they do and help people learn more about the cranberry industry in Wisconsin. More resources can also be found on the Wisconsin Cranberry Producers website. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Aaron Zimmerman.